Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. As we continue our studies in the book of Daniel, today we are in chapter 10. And the title of this episode is Pulling Back the Veil. That's the short title. I'll give you the long title, too. Pulling Back the Veil to See What's Really Happening in Today's World. I'd like to start just with the word apocalypse and also the related word apocalyptic. Both the noun and the verb forms of this root word occur 44 times in the New Testament. And of course, the book of Daniel, along with the book of Revelation, are both known as apocalyptic literature. There's apocalyptic sections of other books, but these are known as apocalyptic literature. And Literally, the apocalyptic or the apocalypse means to to uncover or unveil or to reveal. If you just want a word picture of apocalypse, imagine a stage where the curtains are just drawn open and all of a sudden you see things you didn't see before. Now, Everyone knows apocalyptic literature, if the curtains are drawn, what you see is the future, and that's why a lot of people study apocalyptic literature. But just as important and often missed is apocalyptic literature. It's when the curtain is open and you see the present. Sometimes it's even more difficult to see what's going on in our own world rather than trying to perceive what could be happening in the future. And there's really no better place in the Bible than Daniel 10 to pull back the apocalyptic curtain to see what's happening in the world. Let me start by giving you a quick overview of what's going on in Daniel chapter 10. To begin with, there's been a major change in world empires. Daniel's still in the same location, and Babylon had conquered Jerusalem, and Israel deported Daniel and his friends. But now we have a switch. The Persian Empire conquered the Babylonians, so now Daniel finds himself still in a foreign land, but in the Persian Empire. Daniel knows from studying the prophecy of Jeremiah that the a uh, 70-year period or approximately 70-year period of the exile is coming to a close. So Daniel had been praying earnestly, mourning and fasting from meat, wine, and delicacies for three weeks. And then in the midst of his prayer time, this is an ongoing three-week prayer time, this radiant heavenly being appears to Daniel, and he was just about scared to death. His strength literally left his body. He was touched by this heavenly uh, angelic being, and he was restored in strength. And then we read this, starting with verse 12 in Daniel 10. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your mind to understand and humble yourself before God, your words 
have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. So I left him there with the prince of the kingdom of Persia and came to make you understand what is to befall your people in the latter days, for the vision is for the days yet to come. Now, in true apocalyptic fashion, uh, we're going to see part of the future. This is what this visitation is all about. But to me, the overwhelming impact of Daniel chapter 10 is the fact that three weeks ago, Daniel started praying. And this heavenly messenger comes and tells Daniel, from the first moment you started praying, you were heard, and I was coming to tell you about the restoration of your people, and yet I was opposed. And it says, opposed by the prince of the kingdom of Persia, he was not talking about an earthly ruler. He was talking about an angelic being, a very high, very powerful angelic being who had a power, a spiritual power, over the kingdom of Persia. And he was withstanding this angelic being, and basically they had to double-team them. The archangel Michael came along, and they fought this being, and Michael continued to battle the angel so this message could come to Daniel. Now, what is going on here? There is a geographical rulership by unseen powers. They are exceedingly real, but they're unseen. And part of the job of apocalyptic is to open the curtain and let us see not just the future, but the present. And it's very interesting. Uh, One commentator said, Daniel chapter 10 coupled with a passage from Deuteronomy, which we're going to tag team this episode in the next time we're together, uh, a Deuteronomy passage and Daniel 10 together form the basis for Paul's worldview of the unseen realm that he speaks about in Ephesians chapter 6. The tendency is to think, oh, it's a political party, which is the ultimate power against us, or it's the uh, new atheist or something. And St. Paul lifts our sights a little higher and says we're not warring against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And one of the princes we see right here, the prince of this world kingdom, Persia. St. Paul said in Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. You have to put on the whole armor of God that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. And he says, not against flesh and blood, principalities, powers against the world rulers of this present darkness. Now, a lot of people are willing to acknowledge that there are forces on the dark side that are active in the world. Okay. But that's not exactly what this passage is saying in Ephesians 6 about principalities, powers, and world rulers of the present darkness, nor 
is it what's going on in Daniel 10? It isn't a non-geographic spiritual warfare. Listen to Dr. Michael Heiser in his book, The Unseen Realm, and I quote, These terms, referring to principalities, powers, and world rulers of the present darkness, these terms have something in common. They were used in both the New Testament and other Greek literature for geographical domain rulership. In other words, this was commonly understood when Paul wrote Ephesians 6. They knew what he was talking about. Daniel knew what the angelic messenger was talking about, and I think we've kind of lost sight of this. And I'm not saying that there's—Christians know that there's an unseen realm. There's dark part of the unseen realm. But do you know that there's rulership over certain geographical power centers, so to speak, that spiritual forces are inhabiting? And by the way, I mentioned Dr. Michael Heiser, his book, The Unseen Realm. He is an evangelical uh, scholar. He has a background in Hebrew literature, and his passion is to teach the scriptures, particularly the Old Testament, as they were understood from the Jewish worldview. And I took some advanced training with the Lagos Bible software, and during a break it was mentioned that if you read only one book this year, Dr. Heiser's book was the one to read. And you may or may not feel yourself equipped to read a book by a non-Catholic scripture scholar, but if you feel comfortable with that, this is where you begin an investigation into this. I'm going to tell you briefly um, two experiences I have to try to illustrate it, and then we're going to build on this next week to see how this fits into a prophetic scheme. Uh, I was in Tallahassee several years ago, as while I was a Protestant minister, a local school uh, in Venice, Florida, had been showing R-rated films to mentally handicapped children in the public middle, middle school. And we formed a coalition, got a bill sponsored to oppose showing R-rated movies to handicapped children. And you would think, well, this is a no-brainer, but we were directly and forcefully opposed by the Florida Teachers Union. So we flew to Tallahassee to present our case to get this bill passed. And while we were there, one of the women with us who had a charismatic background, and she knew about spiritual warfare and spiritual warfare prayers, so she said a spiritual warfare prayer against any dark powers that might be over the Florida Capitol in Tallahassee. Well, she disappeared. Nobody knew where she went, and we finally found out she was in the Capitol infirmary. And Almost instantly after praying that prayer, she was struck ill and had to be taken to the Capitol Infirmary. And I find it very interesting that, um, and this isn't just Florida, by the way, but you know, in the Capitol of Florida, on the old uh, Capitol building, there's the cornerstone that's dedicated to his most worshipful master, some Mason up and up uh, dignitary. And basically, it was dedicated to dark powers. On the other hand, the, the original seal of Florida showed a Native American Seminole woman 
with a pouch or a purse on her side with a cross on it because of the impact of the Catholic missions on the Seminoles in Florida. So it's a divided thing. And over that capital in Tallahassee, there was a power that this charismatic woman had no conception of what she was dealing with. Another time I was in the capital of my new state, South Carolina, in Columbia, South Carolina, at the state house. You can still see the uh, the uh, holes in the wall from when Sherman was blasting the thing during the Civil War. A pro-life rally is held the Saturday before the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. And I've been through uh, to a, a few of these, and there wasn't any incident except once. And this time, there was a very brave, courageous Catholic speaker who got to the very root of the abortion holocaust. This was revealing in two ways. What's, what's the root of the abortion holocaust, number one? And number two, the power of geographical rulership in the unseen realm. And this brave Catholic speaker got to the point that I don't think was ever mentioned before on one of these statewide pro-life rallies at the capital of South Carolina. He was saying at the root of the abortion holocaust is the anti-life mentality that begins with birth control. And that's exactly what Father Paul Marx said of Human Life International. And basically within seconds of him saying this, a woman was struck ill. She fell down against the granite steps of the state capitol and started bleeding. And the speaker was done. The rally was dismissed early and it was over. And so you don't have to worry about this. You don't have to freak out, but you do need to know what you're dealing with, that there are geographical rulership powers of both light and dark. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 166 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy, visit us online at luke21.com.